We are walking through John's first letter. So if you have your Bibles, in whatever form they come in, whether it's on your phone or tablet or you use the good old book form, um, we are in chapter 2 of 1 John. John's kind of, 1 John's kind of the, toward the end of uh, the New Testament, the end of your, of your Bible. And we are in the second chapter, and starting in the 12th verse. Let me read these few couple of verses to you. I am writing to you, little children. That's appropriate. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. That would be Jesus' namesake. I am writing to you, fathers, again appropriate for today, because you know him who has been from the beginning. And I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. What is John saying here? What is he getting out? Um, in most of your Bibles, it's often uh, put together like a little bit of poetry, and he seems to be saying the same thing over and over again about children, about fathers, about young men. I think what John is doing here, and there are some other biblical scholars that would agree with me, or maybe I should say I agree with them since they predate me, um, that John is using a uh, convention of the day that says, um, I just want to say the same thing over and over again in different ways. Have you ever had someone say to you, tell you something, and then they'll say, um, but what I mean is, or they may say, uh, to put it another way, and they repeat themselves. And that's really what I think is happening here, because... Everything that John says about the children, about the fathers, and about the son, the sons, and um, remember that back in John's day, uh, most things were addressed to males, but it doesn't exclude females. So, um, young women, older women, moms, um, this could be for you too, but I think what John is saying here is he's saying the same thing that is true for all followers of Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to him, what is true about the little children that your sins are forgiven is true for everyone who follows Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. And if you know Jesus and if you're following him, if you know God and find yourself abiding in his word, 
You can say, I know him. I know of God who has been from the beginning. I know of Jesus who has been from the beginning. And if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, you are like those young men who have overcome the evil one, not by your strength, but by the strength of the holy God in you and for you. And like the children, the second time we who follow Jesus know the Father, and the Father knows us. And like the second time that he mentions the Father, it says, you have known him from the beginning. And again, he reiterates the truth that we know as followers of Jesus. He says, I write to you, young man, because you are strong, God abides in you. And that's got to be true for all of us, being children dependent upon God, being fathers who are secure in their understanding of who God is, being ones that have strength in God, like the young men. This is what all of us should be like. And remember, we had said that... that um, that John is writing to uh, the church uh, in the midst of a, a group of people who were saying that the, the only way you know God is by some secret knowledge. It's, it's kind of like you know the secret handshake to know God. Or you've got that secret decoder ring that you got in that box of Cheerios. But John says, that's not how you know God. God is available to know for everyone, young and old. You don't have to have super knowledge to know God. There isn't some special um, incantation that you say or act that you go through. The same is with baptism today. Sometimes we think that baptism saves you. Well, baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is, and this is not new with me, but baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. That you have already surrendered your life to Jesus, that you choose to follow him, that you are dependent upon his forgiveness. And you're standing before um, Others, in our case here at the church, and confessing that faith in Jesus. You are marking yourself out not only to be his, that you belong to him, but that you belong to this thing called the church. You are joining that great uh, baptismal parade that has been happening for um, centuries, millennia for that matter. That's what baptism is. It's acknowledging who God is and our need for God and our choice to follow God. Then John writes this other little section and he says, um, verse 15, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life 
is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, along with all of its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. There is a choice we made, John lays before us. And he says that there are some things in our lives that we can be tempted to love. But there is really something in our lives, something before us, really someone before us that we should love. The things that we, of this world, that we can love and become desires. In fact, that word desire carries with it the power of lusting after. Lusting is that which you want, that which really is not free for you to take. It's lust. John says there are things that can draw our attention away from from God and we need not love those things. He lists them out. He says the desires of the flesh, that uh, which gratifies our sinful nature, food, good looks, strong bodies. Now, Those things in and of themselves are not bad. Food is a good thing. Having a strong body is a good thing. Desiring those things is not necessarily wrong, but it's when we go after them with a deep love. And it's interesting to know that, uh, some of you will know that there are different words in the Greek language meaning for love. And this is the strongest love possible. This is self-sacrificing love. And so John is saying, if you gratify yourself with food with a self-satisfying, self-serving love, it's, it's not right. Then he talks about the desires of the eyes, wanting that which is not yours to have. Greed. Envy, putting those things out in front as a desire more than desiring God. And then he talks about what is listed as the pride of life or the boastful pride of life. It's that thing that says, look at me. Look at what I have done. Look at what I own. And you boast about self. You take all the uh, vision off of God and you place it on yourself. You could even come to church today and say, boy, listen to me worship. I am doing a fine job. In fact, I'm singing in harmony. God's got to be pleased with my worship today. Dangerous place to be. The purpose of worship here is God. That's, that's our focus point. It's, it's not the music. It's not the prayers. It's not even the word of God. It's, it, the focus is God. Because we can preach the word without God. I may even be a better speaker a more entertaining guy, and not know Jesus, but handle this. Dangerous place to be. 
So John says, don't give yourself to the things of the world. Rather, give yourself to God. Because the things of this world are eventually going to pass away. They are going to be burned up. They are not here any longer. And the truth is, you can't take it with you. The only thing you can take with you is God's presence in you. It's like the guy in Las Vegas who, relatively rich, and died one day, but his will stated that he wanted to be buried in his Cadillac. So they dug a big hole, put him in the front seat, dropped the Cadillac in the hole, covered it up with dirt. And guess what? He's still dead in that Cadillac. You know, you can't take it with you. That If we dug it up today, it'd probably be a rusty heap. What do we love in the world? We are called as followers of Jesus to love God. And you know, this, this problem has been there from the beginning. If you went back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, um, we have Satan tempting Eve. And he brings her to the tree that God said, don't eat from. And um, as she's standing before it, he, she sees that it is um, beautiful to the eyes. It looked luscious in, in its taste. It was going to benefit the body. And Satan told her that if you eat of it, you will be like God. How much more pride can you have than to be like God? And so Eve took the fruit and ate it, and she gave it to her husband, and he ate, and you and I have suffered the repercussions of that ever since. And it's not until the new Adam comes, Jesus, that all of that lust of the eye and lust of the flesh and the boastful pride of life is done over. And as we trust in Jesus, we can now focus our love. And as we do the will of God, which is written in his word, we'll abide forever as we trust in Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, let's make sure we do that. If you don't know Jesus here, if you haven't res responded, if you haven't surrendered your life today, a day when we have sung and prayed and dedicated babies and soon we'll baptize Rebecca, um, what better day to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give it all. I want you to be my desire. I want to look at you. I want to hunger after you. I want you to be the focus. I want it to be all about God. Today's a good day to do that. And if you want to do that, uh, I encourage you as we pray just to... Um, 
tell God that. Whether you're sitting in here or watching at home, today is the day, the scripture says, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. Today we're here. And don't give up that opportunity to turn your eyes away from the things of the world and turn on Jesus where there is life eternal. Pray with me, Ishmael. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.